This message is brought to you from Calon Church. We pray it encourages and inspires you. Hey there, Calon Church. My name is Rich Martin and I'm part of the leadership team over in Life Church based in Bradford. And it's a real privilege to be able to come and speak to you um, today at your service here on the internet. How amazing is that? And both Philip and Ruth and their whole family and other people in the church have been great friends of our church and also myself and my wife, Jules. And so we really appreciate um, how you guys have been with us and just your leaning into what we do here at Life Church. And I feel like I've got a great message for all of you this morning. And the message I want to talk to you about is, have you ever faced obstacles before? Bit of a random question because probably the answer for all of us is going to be yes, obstacles. I remember one big obstacle scenario that I had to go through was when me and Jules were dating. I was probably, um, I think I was like 18, 19, probably 19. Jules went to London and studied at university there and I lived in York. I remember I found some cheap train tickets to go and see her for the day. And these train tickets were meant, meant that I had to catch the train to go on and nothing was going to stop me. I got everything prepared the night before to make sure that I could go down to London and see the love of my life. Nothing was going to stop me. Set the alarm, socks were all perfectly positioned, jeans were out, I was ready. I go to sleep and I wake up at 6 50. The train is leaving at 7 o'clock. I live a good 15 minutes away from the train station and I am panicking. I quickly get everything on and I get out of that house and I decide to cycle to this train station as fast as I can. I get on my bike, no obstacle is going to stop me. I bomb my way down all the way to York Station and right there at the station I see this amazing train that is my love train to London. No obstacle is going to stop me. And so as I'm there, I'm locking up my bike. I get the lock on my bike and I start to go towards where the platform is and I start to run and I then see the guards shutting all the doors and I'm thinking, not in my lifetime. That obstacle of the guard, you're going to be gone. I'm getting on that train. The problem was, is I had to go over a bridge. The bridge in the train station went over the tracks and dropped me on the other side of the train station. But being a young whippersnapper as I was, I thought, I can't just run over the bridge. I'm going to miss this train. I could see the guard, he put the whistle into his lips and I thought there's only one thing that an 18 year old boy can do is I'm going to run over the tracks. Uh oh, that went through my head and yes, foolishly, madly, I can't believe I did it. Why did I do it? I could have died, but that was it. Just inside, boom, no obstacle was going to stop me. I jumped onto the tracks and I just ran across the train tracks and you could see everyone who was in the train, ready to go, first classes going to London, start looking, thinking, oh. they're like, who is this man? <laughs> and I was just charging over these tracks. Halfway across the tracks, the whistle blows and the train starts to move slowly out. And I get up and I climb up over and I get into where the train's moving and I just start banging, banging this obstacle. It got me. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. The train left. And it was like a piece of me didn't go to London. I was so good. I forgot that I'd run over the track. Next thing, I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. It's a police officer. And the police officer takes me and basically says, do you realise what you've done is illegal? Thinking, no, like, I don't get to kiss my girlfriend. 
that was what was going through my head. The whole story went on and foolishly, I should never do it, but you have these obstacles in life. My stupid, silly scenario, full of obstacles. Now, a whole lot older in life, three kids. I have a whole load of other obstacles that present to me on a daily basis, weekly or yearly. And in your life, you will have obstacles. That obstacle could be finance. It could be working out how are you going to re shift your world around with this whole scenario that the world is currently in of what's that now going to look like? It becomes this obstacle. The obstacle could be around schooling of your children. What's that going to look like? The obstacle could be around relationships that you've got. The obstacle could be what am I called to do? How am I going to move forward and the things? The obstacle could be church-based and some of the things you're dealing with currently as a church. I can guarantee you have obstacles and you so want to overcome them. And today I want to try speak into that a little bit. Because what I know is that the Father in heaven, who dwells richly, the Bible says, in us through the Holy Spirit, he is so aware of your obstacle and he's so passionate about helping you through it. And I want to share a scripture. And this scripture is found in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. And it's one of those well-known scriptures, one of those, you know, Um, everyone can quote its scriptures. And the thing you need to know about these scriptures is just because they're quoted a lot doesn't mean they're less powerful. Scriptures are not like a battery. They do not run out over time, shelve them away for a few months or years and then bring them out after that time and they're fully charged again. Scripture from God's word, it says, is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's living and it's active. It's always living, it's always active. So whether you know this scripture or don't know this scripture, it's as powerful as the first day you've ever heard it, be it that day or another day. And this scripture says this, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I love this scripture and I want to just unpack some things. I want to say there are three things trusting God requires. Because at the end of this, it says he will make your paths straight. And we're going to look at what that is. Uh, The Amplified Version says he'll remove obstacles that are in front of you. He will remove those obstacles. So trusting becomes this major part of what as a Christian believer, as someone who loves and knows Jesus, we're called to do. The first thing is that trusting God requires all of your heart. When you trust God, it requires you to give him all of your heart. In the NIV, it says trust the Lord with all your heart. In the Amplified, it says trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. You know, when you look into the Hebrew word for heart, the Hebrew word unpacked because that's the original um, words that the, the Old Testament was written in mainly was Hebrew. And when you unpack the Hebrew word for heart, it means the inner man, the mind, the will and heart. Here we're asked to trust the Lord with all our inner man, all our mind, all our will and all our heart. Whatever obstacle you're facing, whatever scenario you're looking at, I'm here to encourage you to say that it starts by saying, God, I'm going to trust with everything I've got. I'm going to trust. 
And I've found that this few simple things I want to explain to you have helped me in trusting. One of those is just to be able to take time, three, five, 10, 20 seconds to what I call and have picked up the phrase, which is just to turn my heart. And that turning of the heart is a pausing down of where I realise, hold up my trust. Can't be panicking, oh, what are we going to do? Got to trust you, I trust you. It's got to be a place where, hey, I still the inner man. The inner man is the rich Martin that no one else knows but me and Jesus. It's the rich Martin that has fears and hopes and desires and all sorts of other things. I've got to still him down and turn him and trust Get that inner man trusting all of God. It's about when my mind is racing a million times over, about trying to problem solve and work everything out and find clever ways around. It's about saying, hey, all those things are good, we're going to come on to it. But at some point, I've got to take all of that and make sure that I turn it towards a father who loves me, towards Jesus who's forgiven me, towards the Holy Spirit who strengthens and empowers me. And I turn it and give it to God and say, all of this mind is yours. Or my will of where it's like, I want this or this needs to happen. And there's this will which can be good. It's very, I want, I want to see God's kingdom come. I want to see people know the Jesus that I love and know. I want to see good things is will, but also your will can be bad. I want that chocolate bar. <laughs> or I want to be able to go on that holiday that's now being cancelled. Or I want, and, and we've got to be able to take that will and make it turn towards all of who God is. And that is a part of turning your heart, of saying, I trust you with all of my heart. It doesn't say 99% of my heart and I'll leave 1% out. You see, faith at the heart of faith is everything. And faith cannot be proved by loads of things. Essentially, faith has this amazing element called, I'm just trusting. And I'm stepping into the I don't know realm. When you trust the Lord with all your heart, there's going to be lots of questions you can't answer. When you trust him with everything, there's going to be scenarios you don't know how to solve. But you take and still your heart down and turn it to say, hey, I don't know, but I do know you. The inner man, there's all sorts fighting there, but I know Jesus and I trust him with all the heart. You think, see, the thing with trusting is it's easy to trust God for things that are far off. World peace. It's easy to trust God for world peace because we live in a very peaceful nation on the whole. We have peaceful communities on the whole. We're not in war-torn areas. And so to say, how oh, I trust you for world peace doesn't really affect us because we live in a very peaceful climate on the whole. But when you trust God, there is always tension because it's close to home. When you trust God that the diagnosis that you've been given by the doctors, that God is going to bring you through it, it's very close because it affects you. It's that tension. It's easy to believe for millions of pounds for your new building project because, well, we've not got it, we'll just carry on or maybe we don't need it just yet. It's millions, it's so big and it's far off. But to trust God that you need to pay your mortgage next month needs more trust than the eight million, 10 million pound building project that might be on a horizon. And that's because it's very close to home. And God will often put, use situations. He doesn't bring them, but he will use them. 
and he'll use certain situations that your trust in him will grow. And it will grow because in the future, there's going to be other things that we trust in him for. But we're going to learn now to trust him to pay the mortgage. We're going to learn now to trust him that he's going to care for our kids. We're going to learn now to trust him for broken relationships that were so desperate to be restored that restoration would come. And he will journey us through those trusting seasons because he knows that as we trust him for the finance for the mortgage to be paid, we'll then be able to trust him for the eight million for whatever that might look like. God's always got us on a journey. You see, three things trusting God requires is it requires you with all your heart. And then the second thing is a leaning away from your own insight and understanding. Trusting in God requires a leaning away from your own insight and understanding. The NIV says, and lean not on your own understanding. The Amplified says, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Do you know, insight is really important. It's good to have insight. If you're facing financial difficulty, it's good to have insight and understanding about what's coming into your world financially and what's leaving your world financially. It's good to have insight and understanding about all of those elements financially that are going on. It's good to have insight and understanding about the current statistics that are going on in the world and to find that. God's not saying you can't, don't ever go after those things. Those things, there's wisdom in it. Where it's not wise is when you start to lean on that insight and understanding. Instead, what we've got to be is we've got to be a people who have all that understanding, have all that insight to do with our problems and our obstacles, but we choose not to lean into it for us to bring resolve, but we choose just to lean towards God, a leaning away from your own insight and understanding. We can't be reliant on what statistics or facts show us that are very real and they are true. Instead, we've got to trust and lean ourselves towards the things of God. That's why in Corinthians it says we live by faith and not by sight. Sight says we know what's going on and we can see it, but faith says I'm going to trust there is a new way that God's going to bring through. My father went to be in heaven four years ago and he had 10 years of living with prostate cancer. And when he first got diagnosed and actually all the way through the 10 years that he lived with it, he had all the insight and all the knowledge from professionals as well as what he could gather. And it was wise that he got that so he could make some educated choices. But he chose and I watched him choose regularly how to lean towards trusting God not on the own understanding, although there's wisdom in it, I'm going to lean towards God's a healer. And you know, although his life, I believe, was cut way too short, the reality was he was given 10 years that the doctors said he probably shouldn't have had as many years. And I'm so grateful for that. I still have questions over why it was still too short. But what I am fully assured of is that as my dad moved away from not just understanding his problem, but trusting in God, there was a great, great grace and obstacles were removed in the most miraculous ways there. I think of some people in our nation now like Mike Pilavacci. He had to trust God. Mike Pilavacci, if you don't know who he is, he, he, he set up Soul Survivor many years ago and Last year was the last ever Soul Survivor. Over 30,000 young people gathering all over the UK 
uh, and, and celebrating Jesus and the, getting filled with his Holy Spirit and major breakthroughs and salvations where people would meet Jesus for the first time. And he felt that in 2018, God tell him to make 2019 the last soul survivor. And he had to trust that that was the right decision. And they put a lot of things around that and they made lots of things happen for it. And so that then in 2019, that was the last ever soul survivor, a closure of it. And you know, when God spoke to him, I don't think God said, by the way, you know, the world's gonna be radically different from 2020 onwards because there's gonna be no mass gatherings in the summer of 2020, which is essentially what's happened. He didn't know that. And I don't know Mike personally, but I'm sure he sat going, God, like, we're so glad that we were able to release all these churches from many years of making this a regular pathway and get them thinking about how are they gonna look after the units. She's so graceful with young people. And so sometimes we need to, move from our understanding and knowledge like Mike must have had to do which is but this is a crazy thought because it's so big and God you're doing so many amazing things and it's just full of great fruit but that sense of I just think it's right a I'm gonna trust you with all and then for him to have to go to his team for the first time say I think we're gonna call 2019 the last year of Soul Survivor what? you know you could imagine it's amazing though Mike and then them journeying it and finding, I'm guessing, their own way. And then to realize, God, God's timing is really significant. And sometimes we don't know why we're doing things, but we just have a Holy Spirit, you need to do something. And I believe that's what went on. I don't know all their team, I know some of them, but I know that they responded to all that God was asking them to do. And now God knew that this was gonna happen in the world and has repositioned his church and his young people into different places. And I'm so grateful for that people group in that ministry, a leaning away from your own insight and understanding. What today do you need to just gently pivot and start to lean? He's not asking for a monumental step. He's asking for a gentle lean where you say, I understand it, but I'm going to just start to lean this way with all of my heart. There's three things trusting God requires. First of all, he requires all your heart. Secondly, it's a leaning away from your insight and understanding. And thirdly, the last one, it's a recognition of Jesus in all that you do. It says in the NIV, in all your ways, submit to him. In the Amplified, it says, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. You know, the, the, the word for ways, it means journey or path. And when you're going on your journey, your life, your path, it's saying in everything you do, start to build in that you recognize him. Start to build in that you acknowledge Jesus in all that you do. And this isn't in a religious way where sometimes you see people and it's out of superstition, you know, they, 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 they do the sign of the cross because they believe if they don't do it, it's, you know, it's irreverent and they, they won't be blessed. And it comes from a superstitious, a non-faith way, just I think I need to do this, or uh, they have to do certain actions or say certain things, or if it's God's will, and they're clarifying things all the time out of fear. No, this is out of a spirit of I'm free, thank you, Jesus. But it's from a place of saying, today I trust you, and I'm going to acknowledge you in all of my ways. I'm going to acknowledge you in how I speak with people. I'm going to I'm going to work to how the Jesus I know and read and love about in the Word. I'm going to try 
point my life and turn my life to become more like him. That means in speech, in love, where I've not loved people as I should, as I know the Holy Spirit is teaching me, I'm going to go back and repent. That I'm going to be gentle in speech and not harsh and demanding and, and, and coming from a flesh place because the Bible says flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. I want to be a person of the spirit that I'm constantly giving birth with my words. When my thinking goes into places it shouldn't, I'm going to start to turn them around and recognise God and say, God, I turn, or the word in the Bible is I repent and I'm going to go your way and I'm going to become more like you. Even as speaking this, I'm acutely aware that I fall so short of all of the things that I say. But that's why Jesus is the most incredible man and God man that we've ever known about and that I personally know. Because Jesus forgives me and he gives me a new start every day, every minute. His forgiveness is, is, is so big that the Bible says that my sins are as far as the east are from the west. How amazing is that? So that when I fall short, which is all the time, in all of these areas, I know that I can apply the forgiveness where my mind runs off to places it shouldn't or where I don't acknowledge him be in certain other areas of my life and there's just, there's a lack. I'm not lacking because I have Christ. And so I can stand on what the Bible calls the great rock, Jesus Christ. And I can stand knowing I'm forgiven. And I can apply that forgiveness, the blood of Jesus at the cross, the resurrection from the grave. I can apply it to the guilt and the shame that I feel. And I can put that at the cross of where all guilt and shame was taken. And I can stand and say, thank you God that today I'm forgiven. That this minute, this moment that I'm free because of you. So because of that, I now can apologise to my brother. I now can make amends. I now can change my thinking around. I now can bring discipline into my life, not to try become or be you, but to try let the, the inner man, let my spirit, let my will match up to all of who you are and let God do his work in me. It's about acknowledging. It's about um, uh, recognising Jesus in all that I do. What about you today? Are there areas in your life that you need to recognise him in? Maybe you're like this with money and you just, it's, it's like, where's your recognition? Where's the generous open heart that says, God, I recognise you. I'm going to start being a giver and a contributor to the church that you've put me in. Trusting God requires us to recognise Jesus in all we do. What I love is there's a promise, and I'm coming to the end. There's a promise that goes with all of this. In the NIV, at the end of this, it says, and he will make your paths straight. The Amplified says, and he will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Some of you have been so focused on your obstacle You've been praying over your obstacle. You've been, you've been asking prayer. Come on, we need to pray over this obstacle. And maybe there's just a pause. God will remove the obstacle. But actually, what you need to do is just work on trusting him. Go back to giving him all your heart. Go back to leaning away from your own insight and understanding. Go back and start to recognise Jesus in all you do. And then the promise happens. He will remove 
obstacles that block your way. I don't know what those obstacles are, but I know that this promise says he'll remove obstacles that block your way. We know that there's a great peace that goes with this, that the anxiety and the sting of life is removed by Jesus at the cross. That's why the Bible has that great scripture that says, oh death, where is your sting? And that's not just about physical death. It's about the death of mind. It's about sin. It says that the sting has been removed. You know that sting of panic, of we need to sort out, I don't know what the results are going to be, how are we ever going to pay it? And is that you can feel the sting. It's been removed. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make straight your paths. God will remove these obstacles out of your way. He will guide you through it as you learn to do these things. It's the beautiful relationship with him. There are times where the spirit asks you to pray certain times or certain ways or you go after stuff, but it's from a place of faith, never from a place of panic or fear or, or God, you've got to. It's from a place of God, I'm trusting you and this prayer is from trust. And obstacles will start to move out of your way. You know, if you're struggling with trust, it's difficult for me to stand here and just say, you just need to trust him more. <laughs> It's a bit like if you're struggling to sleep, the last thing you do is try to think about how can I sleep more? It doesn't really help. Like, I need to sleep, just think about sleeping and then you'll sleep. It doesn't really help. In the same way, if you're struggling with just the basics of starting to trust, for me to say, you just need to trust, you just need to trust, isn't really very helpful. What I've found is helpful is if I commit to falling in love with Jesus, the fruit is I start to trust him more. And my appeal is maybe you just need to fall in love with Jesus and then take that step so that you can give him your heart more and trust him with all of it. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him. And these barriers and these blockages will start to be removed. Today, God's brought me here and asked me to bring this word to you because some of you have focused in the wrong area. Some of you have committed to going after stuff when really there's a commitment on the inside where you need to move and trust in God. I'd love to pray for you right where you are now. I know there could be kids running around because you're watching this at home or you could be watching this elsewhere where other things are distracting you. God knows and he's okay with that. But if you would just close your eyes, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this prayer is firstly for anyone who does not know Jesus. I've talked a lot about Jesus and his forgiveness. It's for anyone and this prayer is for you. And then the second prayer, which I'm going to pray straight away after, is for anyone who's recommitting to say, today is the day I'm going to start the, the journey of trusting you. This is the prayer. Dear Father, I want to say sorry for the things that I've done wrong, but I thank you that you forgive me. I now stand forgiven and free because of what Jesus did on the cross. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. In Jesus' name, amen. The second prayer for those that want to start again with trusting God. Jesus, I love you. Thank you that I stand here free because of what you've done on the cross and rose again. Today, I start the journey of trusting you again. I remove my eyes off the obstacles and I put them onto you. I'm going to give you all my heart. I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to recognize you in all I do. And I know and I trust that these obstacles 
will be removed, that paths will be made smooth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, look, Calon Church, thank you so much for letting me be with you. I'm going to hand you back to your host and a uh, massive thank you. This message was brought to you from Calon Church. If you want to know more, please check us out online at calon.church.